0: I found positive psychology. And positive psychology is the study of human happiness. And what I love about it as a person with a biology degree and a long history in science is that it approaches human happiness with the same sort of clinical rigor that we do normal psychology for people, you know, below zero that are struggling and suffering. And positive psychology is all about trying to help everyone else out here on a scale of negative 10 to positive 10, about 80% of us are, you know, above zero. And most of us are around <laughs> 567. You know, in happiest countries in the world, people scale out around seven. How do we go from six to seven, seven to eight? You know, how do we make this sustainable and durable so that we can find like more fulfillment and happiness in our lives?
1: Welcome to the Boss Lady in Sweatpants Show. I'm your host, Allison shoals and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you ditch the overwhelm and comparison and teach you how to create less but better content with ease and build an extraordinary brand and business, but do it in a way that is aligned with your soul and makes you crazy happy with your life. This show is filled with faith-led episodes about content creation, social media marketing, and business growth with a side of Coffee and Jesus. If you're ready for some juicy content, then it's time to hand your kiddos those tablets, grab your coffee, whiskey, or wine, and let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. And today we are going to dive into your purpose and your happiness. When is the last time you've actually sat back and just said to yourself, I am so happy in my day to day. I am so happy with what I'm doing. And I'm going to guess that most of you have not said that lately. So my friend Anthony is here today and he is a happiness expert. So I'm pretty sure that by the end of the show, everyone is going to be inspired and feel a little more energetic about their life, about their purpose and about everything that they're doing and maybe have a little bit of a roadmap of how to be more happy and fulfilling in our lives. So, without further ado, welcome to the show, Anthony.
0: Thank you very much. You just put a lot of pressure on me there, Allison. (laughs) I have to make everybody that's listening happy. That's it's it's an impossible task. It's on them to make themselves happy. I was just going to follow
1: up with that. I was like, well, (laughs) you can provide the steps and the tacticals on how to really define your happiness, but it's really up to us to create our own daily happiness. But before we get into that. I would love for you to tell or just introduce yourself to the audience and kind of give us the backstory of how you became a happiness expert. I know you're a professional speaker and I know that you use humor and a lot of what you do. So let us know, you know, how you came about that.
0: Sure. It's um well, we don't have much time here today. I can go into my life story starting at <laughs> age three, if you want, but I don't think that's valid. For your group. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. You know, you mentioned happiness and humor, and that's kind of like the full circle moment that's been happening for me lately. Um, a long time ago, I, over 10 years ago, said, somebody said, you know, asked me if I would um, be interested in doing a speaking thing, doing an auctioneering for an event. And I said, sure. What's it for? It's for oh, Animal Welfare Like, Okay, great. Uh, we need you to be our auctioneer. Would you help? Sure. What's that mean? You know, was the kind of way I approached it. And, uh, and, I, was, and I was standing in front of people and, and helping raise money for this good cause and recognizing that I have this long standing relationship with attention seeking behavior and also wanting um, to support people. And so there's been this evolution of speaking about scientific things when I was in front of audiences doing sea turtle conservation work back in the early 90s or mid 90s when I was a lot younger. And um, somewhere in there, I started playing more and more with the side hustle, you know, of turning this um, speaking thing into something more of like emceeing and this and that. And then I was like, you know, I'm really curious about the power of laughter. You know, So you talked about happiness and humor. And so for me, I started looking at the neurochemistry of like, what's going on when we're laughing? And then I started to understand what some of these other neurochemicals were behind um, what make us feel good, like oxytocin and serotonin and endorphins and um, and then I was like, well, that's really interesting. And I want to know more about this. And then I found positive psychology and positive psychology is the study of human happiness. And what I love about it as a person with a biology degree and a long history in science is that it approaches human happiness with the same sort of clinical rigor that we do normal psychology for people you know, below zero that are struggling and suffering. And positive psychology is all about trying to help everyone else out here on a scale of negative 10 to positive 10, about 80% of us are, you know, above zero. And most of us are around five, <laughs> six, seven, you know, in happiest countries in the world, people scale out at around seven. How do we go from six to seven, seven, to eight, you know, how do we make this sustainable and durable so that we can find like more fulfillment and happiness in our lives? And so that's kind of the the full circle piece here to add on to that is. And just recently, I said, you know what, I'm creating a module that just really speaks to the power of humor, because humor is so much more than ha-ha. You know, it's got a physiological effect It has leadership value. It has creativity and innovation and power behind it as well. So it's been really fun to play in this this whole space.
1: And I like how you mentioned that there is science behind this. It's not just like woo-woo stuff, like you just have to be happy and you just have to (laughs) smile and look at yourself in the mirror every day and give yourself a thumbs up. And you're gonna be on the scale of a seven by, you know, the end of the week. So I'm so glad that you've really looked into the science behind this. So I want to know from you. This is kind of a loaded question. Actually. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah, I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna start off. This is kind of a uh-huh. loaded question, but I want to know from you, like what is your definition of happiness?
0: Yeah, you know, I think when you kicked off this episode, you did a really nice job of it. You know, I think that we have this um e- it's got the, these two elements to it of like hedonism, you know, and I'm not going to get it. like I'm using Greek and I'm telling you as scientists, don't worry, there's no statistics coming today. Um, but there's this element of what we think about happiness of like fun and joy and elation, those moments of positive 10 in life. And we should feel those and we should try to craft our lives in ways that bring more of those to us and we can sustain those feelings longer. But they are basically not neurochemically available to us. Like We are meant to feel those way, those ways briefly and then it goes away. we have to do something else to trigger those things again and you can feel positive 10 all the time but it takes illegal drugs and i'm not suggesting (laughs) for your audience today um you know there's this whole other side though about fulfillment you know and the way that you were describing it is a way that somebody who i really admire uh, named dan butner he's one of the founders of the uh, blue zones project and he basically says when you stop like between the highs and the lows and all the the chaos of your life and what's happening you just stop and you're like how do i feel about my life and how do i feel about and this is the way you framed it. And I'm going to layer on and say, do I feel, do I have pride in who I am and what I'm doing? Uh, do I have purpose in my life, but you know, what I'm doing is does that feel fulfilling and do I also have pleasure, you know, and, and that's the fun stuff. And, um, you know, for each of us, it's a real different mix. Like the things that light me up and, and fulfill me with the purpose, pride and pleasure are really different for you and really different for anyone else listening. That's okay. I think the big thing that I don't want people to get distracted by is thinking that they will be more uh, pride-filled or purposeful or have more pleasure by chasing the wrong things in life that we know through the science of positive psychology don't provide sustained happiness for us.
1: I love that. And you brought up kind of the next second part of that question leading up to this is we're often misled Mm -hmm. on happiness. And as you were talking about that, I, I kept thinking there's so much that I see in the entrepreneurial space of all these coaches out there trying to coach us to get to six figures, get to the next six figures, get to the seven figures. And I think it's so misleading because it's teaching us that if you get this, you will finally have success and you'll be happy. And it goes back to defining well, what, what do I want? Like, do I really want those six figures? Do I really want the seven figures? Or is there something else that I want that I'd rather have a balance of how I lead my life every day and then money to help me lead that life? So do you see um, where are we misled in this world about happiness? Are you seeing like a certain space that really misleads people on happiness?
0: yeah, I mean, it's a complicated question because there's a lot of layers to it. And I think we're bombarded with these messages like the one you shared from a lot of different um, platforms, including the people around us. Um, and including our own brains. you know our own brains are telling us to strive forward um because striving forward for success is a trigger serotonin when we do those things, it makes us feel good that we've accomplished things because our brain is perceiving, these accomplishments of these steps forward is something good for our survival and the survivor survival of our progeny um I, I think our brains have some really old like operating systems we know that you know that these brains formed at a time when we were nomadic and cave people and living mm-hmm. off the land you know and we were very tribal and very focused on groups that's why groups are so important to us still now you know and so you know that's part of it you know that's one layer the, you, the other thing that I think we can do when, when it comes to these messages is it's very easy you only have to do two things delete all the social media apps off of your phone and never turn on your tv and watch advertising because they are all like playing off of this cave you know cave person wiring that kind of like mis- can be misled and can be triggered you know uh, internally for us and then we're like oh i should take action i should do- i should should you know that we should so i, I think it's really hard and and you really spoke to it as like we have to sometimes have like a really candid conversation with ourselves about why we're doing what we're doing. And I mean that across the spectrum, because if something over here is not making us happy and it's not our work, then why are we doing it? Like what's going on behind these things? And there's some shoulds in life that are good shoulds, like taking care of your aging parents. And there's some good shoulds of making sure your kids have a really great upbringing, you know, that's really diverse and and rich. And um And stable, and and so there's a lot of those things, but we just have to be kind of cautious about like getting into the trap of like, well, everyone else is doing this, so I should do it too. Keep using the word "should." Maybe I shouldn't. Anything.
1: (laughs) Well, and I think that's such a key point because we've seen a lot that has happened in the last three years. Mm -hmm. It's just been turned upside down, and it was about two and a half years. My husband and I we made a decision to cut cable we were done cool. with it. Very so, cool. we don't see commercials. Yeah. We don't watch the news. Yeah. And I can tell you I know my happiness <laughs> level has gone up because my fear level has gone down. Yeah. And I think that's a Can you speak on that when how do you think fear plays a role into your Daily happiness because we have fear and it's there for a reason. But do you think people are focusing? Because I think that's another thing too, when it comes into this, is like, where's your focus? If people are focusing on the fear, then I mean, I think happiness is going to take a back seat. So do you see that people are just focusing on the wrong things?
0: Yeah, I, I think focus is a really good word. I mean, the name of my company is called Focus in the Forty, and we can talk about that in a minute of just like why why we're misdirected to the things that don't don't actually put um, enough uh, that have as much impact on, on on our happiness as we would think. So, yeah, I mean, fear is something really easy to use as a manipulative tool for people. Right. And um, mm-hmm. you know, the negative thing about fear is that if it's inducing stress, it, it does a couple things like on the on the human body level. It's really bad for your your physical body. Doses of fear are really, uh, doses of stress are good for you. Um, doses of stress are usually a response to a stimulus. And that stimulus is usually something that your brain is saying, hey, it's good for you to move away from this thing or do something about this thing that's causing the stress. That can be okay. Your body's ready to handle that. It can stimulate fight or flight, right? That's an okay thing. If you are constantly bathing in stress, it's bad for you. It raises your blood pressure. It keeps it there. It shuts off your immune system. Like all these terrible things happen. And the other thing that happens is in the fight or flight moment, we're not worried about the survival of the tribe of other people. We're worried about ourselves. So we become Mm -hmm. very self-centered and um, egocentric. And, and that's you know that's just not a good way to live we're meant to be social creatures now i'm not telling everyone out there to go be an extrovert i tend towards extroversion other people tend towards introversion and um, extroverts are technically slightly happier than introverts it doesn't mean you can't be very happy as an introvert i don't like to think that um but yeah there's the, that fear is is a really powerful i think it's used as a tool you know and we're the ones that it's being used on that's unfortunate because it, it just doesn't serve us and um so I wish people would kind of get, you know, if we can get all that and just be like, thank you, advertising for those cute little stories about it, how my hair should be perfect and my skin should be perfect and my body should be perfect. And then I should have a brand new Lexus and I'm not sponsored by Lexus. I'd accept it. Um, but any of those things that I just think are tools to to use to, to push us towards, you know, to push our neurochemistry in ways that try to get us to make, you know, purchasing behaviors.
1: Now, for anyone who's listening, they might be asking this question. And so I'm going to ask it. Is there a way to measure our happiness?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's really good tools on that out there. And I can provide it for the show notes for anyone that's interested. Um, there's a couple different tools. One I use with audiences, um, and that is called Pillars of a Balanced Life. It looks at the different pillars of life, you know, what's your social life look like, what's your love life look like, what's your fun and play, how's your career fulfillment, what's your financial, you know, fulfillment or financial. Um, how you feeling about that? And um, that's a tool to look at there's another one out there called the true happiness test it's a very um strongly it's a very validated tool and it's used through positive psychology by practitioners all all over the place and any of those tools i think are important to use um at scale and what i mean by that is use it today recognize that your scores may be influenced by how you're feeling today and then use it in a week and then use it in three months and then use it in a year and then use it every year and i use uh, the pillars of a balanced life activity Um, once sometimes twice a year, but definitely once a year on my birthday, just stop. Hmm. I look at last year, I look at what I scored. I am, and there's a narrative that goes with my score. Like, I'm saying, Oh, I'm an eight in my love life. Why am I an eight in my love life? Oh, because these things are really great about this. And by the way, eight is fantastic, you know, like it's a good score. I I think my girlfriend would like for me to say I'm a 10, so I'm gonna say (laughs) I'm a 10 in my love life in case she's listening to this. Um, but you can evaluate like where was I? And I usually couple that with a voice memo for my phone. I do the activity as a, you know, print it out and And then I scan it and keep it. And then I couple that with a voice memo. And I'm like, Hey, I was an eight in my love life. Sorry. We decided it's a 10 in my love life. And here's why it's a 10, you know, here's the things that are really good about this. Here's the things that have been important in keeping the score high. And I think what's really important is we can look at the things in our lives. You know, I think of like all of those different pillars as being batteries and they're all interconnected. And so if love life is strong and work life is low, love life can carry that for a while, but that battery is going to deplete the other battery. And But we should honor the fact that love life is high and we should keep that. Day. Like those are things that all can carry us along. And so honoring where things are high, honoring what are low, and then not always focusing on the things that are super low, because they might be really hard to shift up um, versus saying, OK, like, where's the thing in here? Like, oh, I'm calling like my fun and play a five. Why is that? Oh, it's because I'm trying to work a 60 hour week and raise kids and be a parent and also be a spouse. And, you know, that's impossible. You know, it, for most people, it's impossible, I would say. Um, and so you can look at like, where's the shift? Because I need more fun and play on my life so I can be more positive and excited about the work that I do so that I can shut off the computer and then be attentive for my kids, you
1: know, whatever that thing would be. So this is a good uh, transition to my next question, because this got me thinking because you were talking about like these quizzes or whatever you could take Mm. online and doing it on your birthday is actually, you know, a good reminder to do it every year. But a lot of times and I think and I think this is normal for people is, you know, they'll do something like this and they'll think about it for the, you know, a few days. But what happens? We go right back to our old habits. So are there any like daily activities that you would recommend to stay like in balance or rooted in who we are? Because the reality is like, you can't be happy like all the time. Like I think, and is there a difference? Like happiness, being happy. Like, is there a difference in that?
0: Sure. I, let's define happiness first in a way that I really like to define it that I think is is um, valuable. You know, it's not about these elations and these highs and these plus ten moments, right? It's those are an element of what happiness can feel like, but it's about in between those coming back to this place of contentment, right? So come back to what we talked about before: the purpose, and the pride, the pleasure. Like in in a moment, in between stimulus, and in between all these things going on in our lives, how do we feel about our lives when we sit down and and spend some time being introspective about it? I think you have to be introspective about it right like if you're just kind of going all along and you're just like hey man it's just the struggle with the juggle all day long and i just made it through another day Woo-hoo, you know yeah um you know and that's probably a lot of people's lives It's unfortunately not mine um but that's a big part of it right so don't get lost in like well i wasn't like super giddy and giggly all day long Like, really meant to be like it's really hard to pull off you know um you should have those moments So then you came back to and said, you know, what do we do about like, you know, trying to honor where we are and like, and, and, and I think you have to put some intentional practice to that. Like, you know, there's a lot of different techniques out there. There's a really one of the most powerful tools in positive psychology that's so easy and you can layer on it make it more complex if you want. Is to stop once a day and just say, what are three good things that happened today? Right. And then if you want to, what did I do to make those things happen? And. That's a real easy thing to do, you know, and you can write it down. It can be a journal. It can be something by your bedside. Great. That's a nice time to do it as you go to bed. Your be first thing you do in the morning, you know, what were three good things that happened yesterday? What did I do? To create them. You can layer on and understand what your character strengths are, which are part of positive psychology. There's this mix of 24 character strengths that we all have. If we lean into the ones that are easier for us to do, and we're using those more and good things happen more in our lives. And we can feel better about our lives. It feels easier to do those things. Um, so, you know, that's part of it is just having these practices. And and even when you talked about, you know, and I would say, well, the, the easiest thing to do to probably be happier in your life every day is to just meditate for two hours every day. And you're <laughs> like, yeah, OK, great. That's a really <laughs> valuable tool. And I'm turning off this episode. Um, you know, but there's little things that you can do that really can make a difference. And, you know, keeping your mind in that positive mindset, it requires some work because our brains are wired for negativity. Negativity is what keeps us alive. And um so that's what I suggest.
1: And speaking of negativity, a practice that I've been trying lately, and I think your audience and my audience would um like this and they'll appreciate it, is anytime I get frustrated, frustrated over something major or minor, I try to turn that frustration into appreciation. And it almost lightens the mood immediately. So here's an example. My husband I mean, he's got a really great job, but there's often times where he works late and it can be frustrating, you know, the dinner, me and the kids ate and then he comes walking in right when I, you know, cleaned up the kitchen and I'm like, and it's frustrating. It's like, here we go. Now the kitchen's open again. It's a mess. So now I'm like, well, wait a minute. How can I reframe this frustration into appreciation instead of being frustrated with the late nights? I can appreciate the late nights for what he's doing for me and the family and he's providing for us. So I'm just trying to make that little tweak in the way that I think about a situation. And I think that would attribute to more happiness. So if you're frustrated with something in like a relationship or in your work or something with your kids or even with yourself, how can you change that frustration into appreciation? And I think that's also a great daily habit. Or an activity that you can try. Because I think, too, with the daily activities, and maybe you'll agree or disagree, it's catching that thought. Mm -hmm. It's That's what it is. It's catching that thought in the moment and not realizing it at the end of the day. Like, well, you know, I reacted this way and I should have, you know, done it differently. It's really catching those thoughts. That's really how you're going to make the shift and really lead a happier life, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: that, that's really well said. The um, you know, and if you don't catch yourself in the moment, go fix the thing that you made the mistake on. You know, that and it's it's hard to do that and come back and be like, hey, remember that thing I did earlier. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that if my girlfriend will tell you that you know that I make plenty of mistakes, but that I'm also a good fixer. You know that I like I I'm not overreactive and that I listen and I process and I come back and you know and I apologize for things every single time because I'm always wrong. Um, But, you you know, you said something really good there about, you know, recognizing in those moments what's going on before they start to sort of spin out of control. And Mm -hmm. I think this fits fits in really well with what we were talking about before of like um, about what advertising does to us and what advertising plays on. Um, There's one element there and there's a resource I'm happy to provide your group. It's a free PDF that that I have that goes through. It's, It's called Get Happy Now. It's a stress buster and it's meant to kind of break these like negative thought cycles that we get stuck in. And there's three of them that really can kind of like unwind us in a really bad way. And our brains are way less productive when they're in a negative state. So like by get, keeping your brain in a positive state, and I don't mean toxic positivity. I just mean a positive state, not fear based. Um, your brain's going to be more productive in the work that you do. So why not be more productive and happy at the same time? Um, one of those really negative cycles, thought cycles we get stuck in is called over rumination. Right, Our brains are meant to ruminate. Our brains are meant to be thinking about all the scenarios going on around us and help us solve those problems. That's a good thing. It's a survival tool. It's a supercomputer up here in the front of our brain that is helping us process scenarios. It's working through and being like, if I do this, what happens? No, nope, that's a bad idea. If I do this, that's a better outcome. Cool. That's a good thing. If you're over-ruminating to the point where you're not sleeping at night because you're working through things, right, that's not helpful. So um, you can recognize when those patterns are starting and you can just say to yourself, okay, I'm over-ruminating. Stop. That was enough time. I put enough of the supercomputer towards solving that problem. I have some good solutions. Let's go try some, you know. Um, One one of the other ones, the second one is catastrophization, making the worst out of every scenario, (laughs) you know. And so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hand raised by Allison. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So like, you're just making the worst out of of all that thing. So example, you know, Anthony gets on to the podcast and he accidentally says a cuss word, and then he says a cuss word, and because he's on a cuss word, Allison reports him, and he gets kicked off of the pod matching platform where they came together, and he never gets featured on a podcast again. Then he gets blacklisted, and he won't get hired as a speaker because he used a cuss word one time. Like, like, <laughs> like you know, that's ridiculous. Um, and then, you know, the third one, and I think this is what we were talking about before is social comparison. How mm. we compare ourselves to other people. It's a that one's huge. Thing. Yeah. It's important, right? We want to be part of the tribe and where this comes from. It's really old school wiring is that, you know, when back in the day, when we were like wandering around, catching our food, raising a little bit of our food. We were super reliant on about, you know, groups of about 150 people or less. Our brains are wired to pay attention to those relationships. We are cataloging all the things people are saying, cataloging all the things we're doing, trusting some people because of that, not trusting other people because of that. And we are also being judged at the same time. Are you contributing to the tribe? And it was important for us to be part of the tribe and to be accepted by the tribe, because if we got kicked out of the tribe, we died, right? So when we think about the threats to our lives, there are physical threats like food, safety, shelter, water, and then we move on once those are resolved in our lives. Once we have those provided for us, we move on to social threats and we treat social threats as equally important as we did the physical threats because if we got kicked out of the tribe, we died, right? And so there's that's why there's this like social acceptance piece that's so important, you know, and I don't know about you at this point, I still need to be socially accepted, but I have food, safety, shelter, water all covered. Um, so I can't let that be something that continues to drive me and being like, well, if I don't buy that new shirt, I'm probably going to get kicked out of the tribe and die there. And I just tied <laughs> catastrophization together with a, a new t-shirt. So there's the weaving together too.
1: And I think it goes right back to being an entrepreneur. It, I mean, it's not easy, but when you're building your business, especially a part of that is being online, right? Cause we all want to get visible and we want to get seen, but we're spending way too much time watching what other people are doing, and we're comparing it to how we're doing it. But oftentimes, I'll catch myself and go, wait a minute, do I want their lifestyle? Like, you really have to, like, sit there and think about it. Do I really, like, it looks great on the other side of the screen, right? It looks awesome what they have, but do I really want that? Do I want that type of lifestyle? And nine out of 10 times I've answered, no. So just release it, I don't want that. It looks great, but I don't want that.
0: <laughs> it's it's a really, it's a great, you know, like just stop for a second. You know, mm-hmm. Excuse me what I want. And, um you know, the the person that said this really well is a guy named Rich Lippin. And he's basically like, and he put it in the context of more money. He's like, if you want more money, what are you willing to give up? Right. Like it comes at an expense of some other thing in your life. Like, generally, I know we're painting with a broad brush here but are you willing to do that? You know, I'm like, do you want to be a celebrity? Cool. Well, that means never going to a restaurant again with your family. Cause you're going to get const- constantly hounded by people because that's what we do in celebrities, you know, in the United States. And so it's, it's a really interesting, like, you know, what, what what's the sacrifice that you'd be willing to make to do that? It might be more time away from your family. it mean, might be mean more time in the office. It might be, mean taking a higher risk on something that may not pan out. And, um, you know that's tricky. And it's not to say that other people aren't doing things that are really valuable and really um, valuable in modeling what you do and being like, "Oh, I see that process is valuable. I have a different desired outcome that using that same process though, and that's okay,
1: yeah. And you said something so key there because I think a lot of the times people remain focused on the outcome. And the reality yeah. is we can't control the outcome, but yeah. we can control our process to try to get there. And I think it's, it, that it's right in that between from when you started and the outcome you want yep. in the between, that's where you have to maintain that balance and that happiness. Yep. So you'll be happy at the end, regardless of the outcome. And I really think that's the secret to a good life.
0: I, and I think you also captures something that's really important about where people lose their, uh, their attention on where happiness can be. Because You better be having fun during the entire process maybe fun is the wrong word there but you better understand that there's an opportunity to find joy in the process to find happiness in the process to push through hard parts in the process there's a whole side of happiness that includes hard parts like developing your leadership and mastery and expertise and moving forward challenging and growing comes with discomfort and it's okay but when you're on that process and on that journey don't think that the happiness only lies at the end point because what happens with your brain is it habituates to those things that are happening in your life. And when you get really close to that destination, your brain already already accepts it as happiness. And once you get there, you're like, well, yeah, this is what it feels like because my brain's already been here for a while. So I already feel the happiness. I already felt the happiness from this thing. And so don't, you know, and you're also delaying that time of like, oh, it's going to take me two years to write a book. I'm not going to be happy until my book is done.
1: Mm-mm. Why mm-hmm. are you waiting
0: two years to be happy? Like find joy in the process of the book, you know, find satisfaction and pride and purpose in that um, and celebrate that throughout. And it's also really good for you to do that. It's creating positive feedback loop for your brain.
1: And I think, too, a lot of the times when you get to that endpoint or that outcome yeah. and you might look and go, I don't feel any different. Yeah, not one. Right. Like yeah. that's that, it's kind of what happens. Like maybe you have a benchmark. To make a certain amount in your business or, you know, launch that book or whatever it is. And that day comes and you look at yourself in the mirror or you just self-reflect me. You go, I don't feel any different. Why did I put so much pressure on that? Because I don't feel any different. And then you have some maybe regret or resentment towards yourself. And then I think you're just kind of back in that cycle again.
0: <laughs> what's like, what's all the stuff I just sacrificed to do to get here? And now I don't feel any different. And yeah, you know, celebrate at 80%. So, whatever that thing is that if you have a goal metric, whatever, celebrate at 80% because your brain's going to do it anyway.
1: <laughs> right. So,
0: it's going to help you push through that last, you know, the final 20% to get to your destination.
1: Yeah. Well, this was such a great conversation today, yeah, Anthony. Is there any last minute tips or advice you'd like to share with the audience on happiness and joy?
0: Well, I think it's really important and valuable um, for people to recognize. And I just spoke to a second ago, and I really would like to just drive home for just a second more is to say there are real hard parts to happiness. You know, like don't keep chasing fun and joy and elation only. Like they should be part of the mix of your life. But recognize that there's a whole other part out there. There's a purpose thread in your life, there's volunteering, there's service, there's supporting other people. And the happiest people on the planet, you know, figure out how to find a way to be part of something that's bigger than themselves. And so it's contributing to your family, contributing to your community, contributing to your workplace, contributing to to a cause, whatever that thing is. Um, There's real joy. There. There's Maybe joy is the wrong word there, but there's, there's real satisfaction that can come from those things that I think in retrospect, you, you'll look back and say, I'm really glad I did those things. It was really hard to do them at the time. But they were really important for for me feeling good about the life that I crafted.
1: I think it's saying service without expectations. Oh, that's
0: very good. I like. And that. if
1: you yeah. can incorporate that in your life, I think you're on you're on the road of happiness right there. If you can serve without any expectations. Yeah, I'd like. I'm going to keep working on that one. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here today. All of the things that you mentioned, um, your Get Happy Now freebie and a few other things, I'm going to make sure it's in the show notes for the audience. And yeah, I'm really you know, looking forward to having everyone listen to this and getting some feedback. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it was
0: my pleasure. Thank you so much,
1: Allison. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Can you do me a favor? The best way to support me and grow the podcast is by leaving a written review on Apple iTunes. I promise you, I read every review and take them to heart. And don't forget, head to bossladyandsweatpants.com to snack some freebies or hang out with me on Instagram at Alison Shoals. I'll see you soon.